0: Hey there and welcome to the Leap podcast. Striving to meet the greatest challenges facing humanity, Leap is a global tech event and a platform for unearthing the minds of some of the most influential people on the planet. Join our conversations as we explore the pivotal role technology has in reshaping our world. Hello and welcome to today's podcast on Deep Trouble, how deepfake media is being weaponized and how tech can be used to spot fakes. I'm Basma Dawaz and I'll be interviewing Tanya Jamal, our AI expert, tech evangelist, futurist, author, and expert technology contributor from Forbes. Hi Tanya, and it's good to have you with us today.
1: Hi Basma, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I grew up here in Dubai and moved momentarily to Boston where I studied. And then I moved back here because I felt that Dubai was a very futuristic space to be and to work in, especially in technology. Um, And eventually I started to speak and write about the implications that technology and uh, technologies like artificial intelligence have on society. Uh, It led me to author my book, which is called Thinking Machines, AI and the Intelligence Explosion. And today my hope is to really just encourage current and future leaders to have nuanced discussions around the implications of tech on society. That's
0: really good. Um, I'll start by asking you um, about what is deepfakes and how are they created?
1: Yeah, I think I think The Guardian put this really well uh, recently in an article that they wrote exploring this topic, which is that deepfakes are um, the 21st century's version of Photoshopping. Right. So if you've ever seen a really outlandish video or image of somebody out there saying something or doing something that you wouldn't expect them to say or do, there is a risk that that could be a deepfake essentially deepfake technology uses artificial intelligence and machine learning to create events or or photos or images of fake events Mm -hmm. right so you can seamlessly stitch um anyone in the world into a photo or video of them doing something that they weren't doing or some or, or of them participating in something that they never actually participated in and it's important to bear in mind that it's quite different from traditional video editing skills because uh With deepfake technology, you know, you really have to train a neural network to be able to identify what a person would look like under different lightings or in different angles. And for this, the neural network needs to be exposed to a lot of real footage of the person, which is why it's quite easy today to make deepfakes of celebrities. Celebrities, Wow. So
0: from what I can understand, you're like, you know, can you tell us how dangerous these deepfakes be and should we be worried as normal people?
1: Uh, yeah, my view is absolutely we, can, we, we need to be worried because uh, deepfakes are part of, you know, the art, under, come under the artificial intelligence umbrella, which means that they're in the exponential trend and they have the ability to really implode and take society by surprise. And in some ways they already have. Right. So in, in my view is that deepfakes have the ability to, to really wreak havoc on society. On an individual level, it can be quite detrimental to relationships. Um, You know, just recently, earlier this year, there was a lot of buzz around uh, this mother from suburban Pennsylvania who created, who used deepfake technology to create revenge videos against um, against other girls who were on her daughter's cheerleading squad. Wow. Yeah, which is quite a vengeful use case of, of, of this technology. And as the tech evolves, it'll democratize because that's what mm-hmm. happens with technology, which means that people like you and I will be able to make deepfake videos quite easily. And on a societal level, you know, it has great implications for the justice system. Think for instance of how much we rely on things like video surveillance. They will no longer have the credibility that they have today. And um, you know, today, corporates and government entities train their employees on being able to identify scams and phishing emails, right? And this is quite easy for us to do. But imagine an era in which you get a video call, right, from your quote-unquote mother or your sister. And they ask you to urgently send money to, to their bank account. So using
0: the voice of your
1: relative mother, exactly. someone that you know. They could even use image. They could even wow. use, uh, they could, you can even superimpose mm-hmm. the, the image of the person onto um, a deep fake video. And obviously you can extract a lot of this from social media platforms like, like Facebook and Instagram. So um, really the, the threat is quite great on both an individual as well as a societal level. And we'll have to start to get really good at detecting deepfakes. Yeah,
0: well, how can deepfakes be spotted like using technology these days?
1: Um, yeah, you know, I, I always say that technology itself is a double-edged sword. So the fire that kept us warm also burnt our houses down. But ultimately, the, the final thing that could happen with deepfake technology is that it can create a zero-trust society in which it's really difficult to distinguish truth from falsehood. So how we detect this has to be not just in the hands of the individual, not just the responsibility of the individual, but it's something that needs to be taken up by tech companies and by government entities. The good thing is that um, they are taking responsibility and they do recognize the threat. Um, So you have companies like Microsoft that are are creating detection tools uh, where you can essentially uh, score uh, or give a confidence score to an incoming media, to incoming audio or video, to be able to tell how um how credible it is or how real or fake it is so when i say technology is a double-edged sword while it's ai that's creating deep deepfake technologies it will indeed be ai that will help us spot Mm -hmm. deepfakes
0: wow and would all deepfakes be malicious um or could deepfakes potentially be used um you know positively
1: I, I, i absolutely don't think that they need to be used maliciously um there there are some really positive use cases though they can be easily weaponized some positive use cases are you know, the implications in the media industry or in art. Uh, it, imagine being able to create amazing footage or videos of um, you know, visions of the future. How inspiring would that be for future generations? What role would that play in education? Uh, these, are, these are amazing use cases that deepfake could have. And uh, for the media industry, you know, you can resurrect dead actors like Heath Ledger and, and create new content with them and it'll look very convincing. Mm-hmm. So in some ways we can um, live on, you know, even the, the disease dece- the through yeah. the use of this technology, which is quite a great, phenomenal philosophical implication for yes, us as well. Of so tell me, Tanya, should um, there be legal parameters around the production of deepfakes? Absolutely. I think there should be legal parameters around the production as well as the distribution. Um, We should be careful to not, um, you know, to not impede innovation in the process of doing this, especially in the development of neural nets, which will be very difficult to do anyway. But generally speaking, we need to create bodies of ethics and laws that can help protect individuals who may lose right, um, in in the grand scheme of things. And I believe it was the US government that has already identified this, and some states have introduced bills to criminalize um, the use of deep fakes for vengeful purposes um and as we know there there will be a lot of media hype as well around this like what happened to that suburban mom yeah. who who created deep fake video which is a good thing because we want to create more awareness awareness about it yeah. so
0: okay so you also uh pointed um a really interesting uh, point about like you know in the um how deep fakes are used as um, fake evidence, for example, and things like that. That's in the case of if there's any, basically you're in court or there's a case or anything, but like in general, how can you develop a more proactive approach uh, to protect individuals from becoming victims of deep fake?
1: Yeah, I think there's two things that are at the crux of this. One is like I said, the accountability needs to lie, not just with individuals, but with government entities and with corporations. And the good and you know uh, companies like Facebook that, that have a stake in the privacy of their users actually are doing something about this. So a couple of years ago, Facebook ran sort of like a hackathon for creating detection technology that can detect de- deep fakes. And the goal was to boost innovation, to get innovat- innovators and coders to come in and they'd have a prize money at the end, but they can test their models. Uh, collaborate with one another and you know things like that are really important um and i always say that education lies at the core of everything that we do so uh even platforms like the leap event uh which is is set to happen soon these are you know these are platforms that are really happening at a global scale that can allow people like us to come together and discuss these topics and that can really build awareness around them right because a lot of people today would have heard buzzwords like ai and deep fake but what is it really, right? And and to really understand and have, like I said earlier, nuanced discussions around these things is very important. So the hope is that we can boost, um, you know, we can encourage entrepreneurs and future innovators to really care about these technologies and care about solutions to these problems. So I think, you know, platforms like Leap have a lot to do with uh, making that happen. Good, and, um, you know, as a futurist, um, how do you foresee the, the technology of Deepik? I would say that we're no longer on a linear path with the development of any of these technologies, which means that even for seasoned, you know, consultants or futurists or predictors of um, what the future holds, you know, philosophers, psychologists, it's difficult to tell exactly what's going to happen. But what we can surely or when it's going to happen, right? When will it advance to a really sophisticated level? What we can surely know is that... um, it will become sophisticated. And as trends in technology have shown us, technologies like these democratize and dematerialize, which means that they become extremely sophisticated and extremely accessible to the layperson. So today, a farmer in Africa, for instance, has access to more information than our ancestors could have even dreamed of, right? Similarly, we'll have access to this kind of technology and be able to create deepfakes that are very, very convincing. And we'll go beyond just face swapping where you superimpose uh, an image of a person onto another actor, we'll go to complete body synthesis which means that we need to also keep up the pace of the detection technology as that happens. That's quite scary but as scary as it is I would imagine
0: that you know there will be a lot of other kind of positive um, uses of, um, of deep fakes in the future.
1: Absolutely.
0: Tanya can you give us a good example of how deep fakes are used positively?
1: Uh, Sure. I came across this example recently um, and I I really liked this use case, right? Because it's not just artistic, but it's actually practical. So apparently a a couple of years ago, a UK-based charity used deepfake technology to create a video of David Beckham delivering an anti-malaria message in nine different languages. Similarly, like I said, in the media industry, deepfakes can be used to improve dubbing, right? So that we can Mm -hmm. have, um, we can allow people from various nationalities and backgrounds to be able to have access to the same media content amazing film and so on um, in the language that, of, of their choice and um, uh, training and advertising companies can use uh, deepfake to create um, to you or, or use the artificial intelligence in deepfake to create presenters that can speak the recipient's language so this improves how mm-hmm. we train people as well and it makes it more accessible Uh, so rather than hiring multiple people to do the same task, we can you know at scale deliver trainings to different people and not have language be a barrier
0: can you tell us more about your engagement in leap um and uh what you're going to discuss how you're going to use that platform um basically to um discuss like important issues like what we're discussing today on deepfake
1: One of the things that drew me into becoming a part of participating in Leap is really just how phenomenal um, the artwork and brochure was around it. And I think what it told me, the message that it it gave me is that this is a really futuristic platform. It's supposed to make um, innovation and tech inspiring, awe-inspiring, and to bring a sense of awe and wonder to participants. Uh, That was my initial impression. And so what I hope to talk about at Leap is uh, really just discuss what the future holds in terms of the future of work right um what the what the creative economy will look like moving forward as we have artificial intelligence and automation infiltrate every single part of our aspect of our lives and of course it's such a global um, event that that's held at such a massive scale one of the incredible advantages is that you get to meet other people and you get to bounce ideas off of one another Um, And really, it's about celebrating the development of science, technology and innovation through the arts as well, Mm -hmm. which I think that LEAP seems to um, characterize quite wonderfully. So to have also to have such a global, scalable event in a place like Saudi Arabia is really promising because if we look at what the Saudi government is doing today, we know that they're investing heavily into digital transformation, right? They're ensuring or encouraging their government entities to move to the cloud, for instance. Um, and they're putting a lot of money and effort or investment and effort into making that happen. So uh, the, the future is really exciting in the region. I can see Saudi being a key player um, within the region. And to have Leap at a place like that really says a lot about how exciting um, the future of humanity is. Uh,
0: well, With that, we end our podcast for today. Thank you so much, Tanya, for joining us today and for providing us with some great insights about the pigs. My pleasure, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. If there's a topic you're passionate about and want to bring to the table, feel free to send us your suggestions And don't forget to subscribe to stay tuned for all things Leap. Until next time.